That is multi-instrumentalist singer-songwriter Zach Gill with his song Family. This is Stacy Julian with episode 57 of Exactly Enough Time. This is a podcast about productivity, and while I love to rock a day and get stuff done, exactly enough time is much more about being present. It's about recognizing the time you have and making the most of it. It's about owning what you love and inviting more of whatever that is into your life. In this podcast, I interview interesting people, and I invite you to celebrate people, places, and things that make you and your life amazing. Hey guys, so it's Thursday, and I have such a fun guest on the show with me today, but before I introduce her, I first heard Zach Gill's song, Family, probably back in 2008. I think he wrote it that year. And because he is a member of um, Jack Johnson's band, and Jack Johnson is still one of my favorite performers ever, I heard Zach's uh, song at, um, at a concert. And I really liked it because the, the lyrics are super realistic. He sings about family um, and about how important families are, but that it's not always exactly perfect, right? Sometimes we're frustrated in our families. Sometimes we say and do things that we later regret. And sometimes the stories that we pass on have parts and pieces to them that that don't always sit well. I love Zach's message in the chorus. Listen to this. are still family. I don't think it's a secret that over the last several years I have fallen in love with family history. And my guest today is someone that I discovered on Instagram. I haven't even ever met her in person. I just really like her message and how she shares it with the world. This is what she wrote on her website. Family history is so much more than PAF files. I don't even know what those are. And pedigree charts. It's food, stories, songs, photographs, places. It's the history we are creating in our own lives right now. I know that as we take time to learn about our ancestors and connect to them, we are strengthened. 
Okay, so Sarah, you guys, is a wife, a mom, a graphic designer, story lover, and family history nerd. She is from Gilbert, Arizona, and she is the founder of the Kindred Press. And she is passionate about helping others find connection, healing, and identity through their personal and family stories. In her free time, you can find her playing with her cute kids, enjoying nature, reading, or baking and eating pie. I'm so excited for you to listen in on this conversation that I had with Sarah. Hey, okay, so I am so excited for my guest today. I'm excited for myself and I'm excited for my listeners because believe it or not, I have never actually spoken in person with Sarah. Sarah, I've just followed your Instagram account, so I'm super excited to get to know you and your work better. And then for my listeners, I'm excited because I have had several questions about how people get started with genealogy and family history stories. So I kind of want to start there. I want you to introduce yourself, tell us a little bit more about you right now, and then just move right into how you got started with family stories. Where did this curiosity and passion begin for you? All right. And thank you. I'm so excited to be here too. And like uh, Stacy said, my name is Sarah Garner and I am a mom. I have three kids. We live in Arizona. Um, my husband and I both get to work at home together, which is really fun <laughs> and crazy awesome. with our kids around. And I am a huge lover of stories. And I think that's really where my love of all things family history and genealogy started was ever since I was little, I've always loved hearing stories about my family. Um, yeah. I grew up, my dad always told us stories about you know, him and his siblings and all the crazy things they did when they were kids. And uh-huh. my mom did the same as well. And I just all have always loved those stories. And as I got older, I realized how important those stories really are. They seem very fun and entertaining, um, mm-hmm. but they actually play a very important role in who we are. And yeah. they've done studies that show that kids who know more about their family history are actually more resilient yes. to failure and there's just so many benefits um, to knowing your stories, which I think is so cool. And I think there's so many cultures as well where story is such a huge part of so many cultures. And mm-hmm. it's just one of those truths that's kind of permeated the whole world that knowing our stories mm-hmm. is so important. So that's mm-hmm. kind of where my love started. Um, yeah. And Me too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's so fun. So how did you move from just like family stories as a young person? Because I think we all heard, I hope that people, you know, get to hear stories growing up. Um, How did you move from there to to kind of moving more backwards and understanding stories about ancestors? Yeah. So I, I know it's funny you had Wendy on before and she talked about family search and that's how I started finding my family stories was I got on family search one day and I pulled up my fan chart. And I was expecting to have this whole full fan chart of people because I have lots of family members who do genealogy and there were some blanks and I was Ah. immediately like, oh man, but I want to know about those people too. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it kind of just tugged at my heart a little bit and I just felt like I wanted to find out who those people were and I wanted to fill in some of those blanks. So I think that's where it really started turning into a love for genealogy. And um, from there, I've just become really passionate about not only finding out their names, 
but I would find that when I would find any detail about their life, you know, if whether it's just, you know, something on a census record that says where they lived or what they Mm -hmm. did for work or where their parents were from or what language they spoke, I felt like I was learning more about their story and they become more human and more real. And I felt very connected to them. And that connection has been so important to me. The connection that I feel not only to my family that's around me, but to all the people who came before me has been um, just a really powerful tool in my life that's helped me overcome a lot of really hard things as I've been able to find similarities in the hard things that I'm going through and things that my ancestors have faced. And just knowing that somebody that, you know, that has loved me and that is part of my history has Mm -hmm. felt the same thing is just Mm -hmm. very powerful and very healing. It's so interesting that you say that. And I'm just going to interject here for a minute because I just last weekend, I have a beautiful daughter-in-law who's very magnanimous because she invited me, the mother-in-law, to be in the delivery room with her. And she gave birth to our first granddaughter. And this is crazy because I actually have a story of a great, great, great grandmother who was a pioneer and who walked across the Western Plains with a handcart and gave birth to the first baby that was born to a handcart pioneer that's documented. And as I'm watching this birth in this hospital with no less than seven people buzzing around, you know what I mean? And, and machines and things going off and monitoring everything and making sure everything is just perfect. I'm thinking, what? How did that even happen? Like all of a sudden I just thought of her again and I thought, I don't get it. Like, I don't get it. (laughs) How did she and her husband deliver a baby with basically nothing? You know what I mean? And then the only thing the record says is that she um, was able to ride in the sick wagon for two days. And then that she carried her baby daughter, who was Mary Jane, uh, in the skirts of her dress. The the rest of the thousand miles. And I'm like come again. (laughs) So when you say people have experienced similar things, yes, in very different contexts, but it really does create a connection, right? Between you're just like, whoa, story A and story B, you know? Wow. It's amazing. It's so neat too, that even just those little details, like it sounds like you don't know a whole ton about, you know, you don't know all the details of what that birth was like, but just knowing little bits, like just hearing that she carried her baby in her skirt, like that's so evocative of emotion and yeah. love for her and for her strength because you know I I've had babies I know like I can't imagine carrying my baby my two day old skirt in my skirt <laughs> yes. for a thousand miles like that's exactly just so exactly neat. and I do draw strength from that I really truly do I think okay that is in me some aspect of that is in me so when I come up against something difficult I'm like are you kidding me I'm pioneer stock you know, yep. I've got this. So it does make a difference. And I love sharing those stories. So so tell me a little bit more about the Kindred Press. What is that? What do you do with it? What is your work? And what do you hope to do with the Kindred Press in the future? So really, I started the Kindred Press because I really just wanted to get more people excited about family history. And I know yeah. a lot of people hear family history and genealogy and immediately think lots of gray haired people. Yeah. <laughs> and like microfilm and things like that. But right. I just really wanted to bring a new fresh perspective to what it means to do family history because it's so much broader than we think about. Mm-hmm. And um, so my goal was just to kind of get that out there and start talking about it and hopefully bring mm-hmm. in just a wider audience of people. And I truly yes. believe that 
we're all doing family history, whether we recognize it or not. So I think that's so insightful. I think you're I, right. well, we're living as we live, you know, if it, right. even if you just document a little bit and, and, and Instagram counts, you know what I mean? For, totally for documenting it. your life, you're, you're creating history or adding to your history. Exactly. So, um, so my next question, and this is kind of where I want to go with our conversation for the rest of um, our chat together today, Great. because I have loved following you on Instagram. And I just think your posts are so thoughtful and they always give me an opportunity to, yeah, to just reflect and ponder. You posted something the other day um, that I think is meaningful to me right now because I am actually homeschooling my daughter, which is something I never, ever, ever thought I would ever, ever do. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and, and going back in time and history and teaching her things, it's really um, created curiosity for me, right, about family members that lived during those particular eras, you know what I mean, that, that I'm teaching her about. So, for example, um, people coming to this country for the first time and, you know, um, and just the Revolutionary War and just how this country was founded. So you wrote this post and I'm just going to read part of it. I'm going to skip around a little bit, um, but then I really want to hear, you know, more and I want to talk more about it. So you said, how can we honor our ancestors when our history is complicated? And then you said, it's likely that most of us who have dug into our pasts in any way have found some type of skeletons in the proverbial closet. Trauma, racism, oppression, addiction, abuse, and neglect, and painful and traumatic issues. They are also very human issues that pervade everyone's history. Not one of us is immune. And then I'm going to cut, just skip ahead a little bit because I thought this was so similar to me in my experience. You wrote, I have ancestors who emigrated to this country on the Mayflower. They were early settlers of the American colonies. They were brave and courageous. Their actions and their hardships they faced and overcame directly lead to the life I am blessed to live today. They were also colonizers who participated in the mistreatment of the local indigenous tribes and the mass destruction of their communities. They stole their land, they brought disease, and they saw them as lesser humans. So how do I grapple with these complicated and contradictory feelings? And then you said this, which I think is so awesome. I am not completely sure, (laughs) Um, which I just think is so awesome and vulnerable when people say that. I don't know, but talk to me. And then you said, I think it starts with adding honesty to honor. So let's just go to right there because wow, right? And I want to hear more more about that specifically from your past and then this idea of adding honesty to honor as we write stories. Yeah, I love that too. And I mean, obviously I love it. I wrote about it, but (laughs) it's just, it's become so important to me as I've read through my own history. And like I said, Mm -hmm. I come across these skeletons in the closet that are really uncomfy to read about and say, Ooh, that's really close. And it hits home when it's people that you feel very close and connected to. Um, and I did grapple with how, how do I, you know, we're supposed to honor our family. And I really feel like honoring our parents also means honoring like our ancestors and where we come from and, Mm -hmm. you know, just trying to figure out how to do that when the things that they do are not honorable. So as I have learned more about the Mayflower, I mean, we get, 
you know, a very simplified version of it in school, but as I've done it in deeper to learn more, it's really mm-hmm. horrific. The things that you learned that went on and it was so sad. And yeah. what happened to the indigenous people that were there? I can't imagine, you know, my town being invaded and people just kicking me out, <laughs> telling me to leave. Right. And right. Um, anyway, it just and obviously be- they were trying, I mean, they were trying to survive in a new land, you know, exactly. they didn't have a lot of options. And so, and we don't, again, we don't know the details, but it right. is all of a sudden it changes your thought a little bit. It's just this very deep and multifaceted story that it is. Yes. It, as you see all the different perspectives of it, you just have a really different understanding and mm-hmm. a different feeling of it's not just, Oh, wow. I have these ancestors on the Mayflower. It yeah. adds this a little bit of like, okay, well, what do I do with that feeling? Cause that's not good. Um, right. I also have some more recent ancestors where they had very, very difficult lives and Mm -hmm. there was, you know, abuse in the family Mm -hmm. and just really sad and hard things that they faced and it Mm -hmm. wasn't dealt with well. (laughs) Mm. And looking at those and just wanting to know, you know, how do I love or at least honor these people when I know these Mm -hmm. really terrible things that they've done? or just really difficult lives that they faced and they didn't make the greatest choices in dealing with those things. And I think the adding, thinking a lot about honor and just seeing honor as something deeper than it doesn't mean I have to applaud everything they do or revere all their actions to appreciate you've contributed to my life. Yeah, And I think that I can do that in my own relationships of, you know, people that I've known while I've living who maybe have not treated me the best, but Mm -hmm. I can honor that I learned something from that relationship or I learned something from that interaction. And it doesn't mean I have to accept it and think Mm -hmm. that it's okay, but I can, I can make it a part of me in a way that helps me grow. Absolutely. I mean, on some level, everything that we go through, endure, experience gives us wisdom if we're willing to draw that wisdom out. And that does mean generally some degree of forgiveness and some degree of just giving people grace for their own humanness, right? And their own struggles. So another experience that that I've had and that has led me to explore my story um, is that I, I have a beautiful daughter adopted from Korea and I, and I have four biological sons. The only name I ever had picked out for children that I might bear someday was my grandma's name. Her name is Addie. I was so excited to tell my grandma Addie that, uh, you know, once we made the decision to adopt, that I was going to name this little girl, you know, after her. And, um, and she, and her response was, was nice. It was good, but it wasn't maybe as excited as I thought, you know, it, mm-hmm. it should be in my mind. And then, you know, later that afternoon, she pulled me into her kitchen where I have so many happy memories. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and, and I'm going to say this and people are going to go, wow, you know, and it was really shocking. She pulled me in and she said, if I found a little white baby for you to adopt, would you adopt that instead? Ouch. And I was like, what? <laughs> You know, and I, it, I, I mean, it was days, right, of me just going, how could my grandma say something like that? And, um, and now I have a very different perspective because um, 
I've learned more about her and I've actually shared this on my podcast. She, um, her mother died in childbirth. And so at the, at the age of 14, she raised a little brother that ended up serving in the war. And, um, so her understanding of people that come from different cultures and places, right? She lived through World War II, and I'm not happy with the way that we treated Asian people, right? At the beginning, certainly at the beginning of the war, mm -hmm. but I can't take, I can't, what's the word I want? Like just force my perspective, right? On her when she had a very different experience. Someone she loved dearly was, um, was a prisoner to the Japanese and he was very mistreated. And he ended up dying, you know, um, at, you know, at their hand. And so I think for her, I just can't assume that she should be. And I know Korea is not Japan. You know what I mean? There's a whole mm -hmm. lot of stuff here that, that, that from my perspective doesn't make sense. But, um, but I have been able to just give her grace for what her experience was, right? And at least better understand where that comment was coming from. So. And I think that's neat too, because... I mean, we know that things like that are wrong, right? We know judging right. people by right. their race or religion or many different things is wrong. Mm -hmm. Right. But we can also see that we can love people even when they're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> we, yes. We can love people who make mistakes and uh -huh. who make bad choices and who do wrong things. Yeah. And I mean, I think there's a great lesson in there for us too, is when if we can love somebody who can do something that's wrong or who can think things mm -hmm. that are wrong, then maybe when we're wrong, we can be loved too, which I think is a really say, important yeah. lesson yeah. in that as well. Well, and that's the, um, you know, you talked about, well, I have two thoughts. So, you know, just when you, the first question on Instagram, you know, you just said, how can we honor ancestors when, um, when our history is complicated? And when I first read that, I thought, well, my history is complicated, you know, <laughs> everyone's history is complicated is. and that's exactly how it's supposed to be. You know, this is a human experience. Um, but then you also referenced that study, which I have referenced before on my podcast about um, children and resiliency and actually the kind of stories that create resiliency for children aren't yes. just sugar-coated happy memory stories of right. people who made the right choice all the time. The stories that actually give them strength and a deeper understanding to make decisions from are the oscillating stories so that they understand, yeah, grandpa had addiction and it really, you know, he lost his family or he lost his job or whatever, you know what I mean? For them to be able to learn those stories and articulate, um, you know, the outcomes, good or bad, and kind of see where that up and downness has brought them to where they are, gives them the strength and resiliency to make better choices in their life. So. Exactly. So tell me what else you've learned just interacting, because the other thing that I love about your Instagram account is how interactive it is. You really um, have conversations that go back and forth. Has there anything, what wisdom have you gleaned from just sharing um, what you do with your followers? I think that the biggest thing is just, I love when people have the aha moment of recognizing how they're doing family history. And when they share that with me, and it's something that I would never have thought of. I think that's so cool. And it even expands my view on what it means to do family history and what it means to share our stories, which I think is so cool. It just reminds me there are really endless ways to do it. And yeah. no matter who you are, there's probably a way you're doing family history and it's just all your own. And I think that's so cool. Okay. So Sarah, yeah, unique ways. So tell me, let's actually talk about like maybe two or three unique ways that people can tell their family stories. 
I would love to. I will tell you a few ways that I do it that I feel like are unique to me. Um, so one thing that I love to do is I love to cook. My mom loves uh-huh. to cook. My grandma loves to cook. My great grandma loves to cook. And I make it a point to cook with my kids. And yes. when we cook recipes that I ate growing up, I tell them about, I used to love eating this. You know, my grandma used to make this for me all the time. And it's so simple, but my kids huh. know those stories and they know that they've been passed down from my great grandma. Um, it's just a simple way. That's something that's meaningful to me and to my family. And I can just easily pass that down. I well, also... And I think that's... I'm totally interjecting again. Gosh, sorry. Right. So... I want to know one of the recipes, like what is one of the recipes or foods that you prepare? And then just this idea that really it's learning about your family history just allows you to be conversant about it with your kids. Like exactly. You just come you, all the time. I, I just, you know, I'll be just everyday life and I'll be like, oh, you guys, this reminds me of, you know, and if I didn't know those stories, obviously it couldn't remind me of. So, exactly. And so I think that's me- such a powerful thing as a mom or a dad learning your own history is it becomes so easy to share it with your kids and then they grow up knowing it. And I think that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me one of the recipes. Like what is something that you actually know that your mom, grandma, great grandmother, like is yeah. there something that you we have German cake? chocolate cake is a big oh. one that we love to make. It was my grandpa's favorite and my great grandma used to make it for him every year on his birthday. And oh. he passed away a few years ago. So my kids and I make German chocolate cake every year on his birthday so we can share it with our family and think about him they didn't he was so special to me and we were very close and they didn't get Mm -hmm. to know him so it's like just we just make his favorite cake (laughs) and well that's really two things I mean you're talking about making something that someone else loves but also continuing to celebrate people's birthdays yes and using that day as an opportunity to teach you know just some details I love that. Yeah. Even just a simple reminder. I also love taking pictures. I take pictures of my kids all the time and I love to display them in my house. And I also love to display heirlooms that were from my families. I have an apron that my mother-in-law's mother made. So my husband's grandma, who I never got to meet, but she made it in junior high and I have it hanging in my kitchen and I see it and I think about her. And my one daughter always asks about Grandma Joanne because she just loves Grandma Joanne, even though we've never met her. And she just loves her so much. I think it's so wonderful. Yeah, that is amazing. That's awesome. Okay, so maybe my final question, um, and just because I know this about you because I spent a little time on your website, is I know that you have had just some personal traumatic experiences in your own life. And then, so just maybe to wrap up, speak to how specifically you found some healing um, in doing this work. Yeah. I um, was going through therapy a few years ago to deal with some of my own trauma and PTSD. And it can feel very lonely when (laughs) you start down that road and I felt a little weird and, Uh you know, kind of put a lot of judgments on myself for, you know, I don't know why this is such a big deal. And anyway, just all these things, a lot of shame that I was feeling. And Uh at the same time, I was learning more about my own family history. And I started seeing these patterns of shame and trauma Mm -hmm. and loss. And while they were from very different sources than mine were from, I could Mm -hmm. see, I just felt this connection to those ancestors. Mm -hmm. And I felt that they had felt a lot of the similar things I did. And Mm -hmm. I felt less alone And I knew that I wasn't alone in what I was feeling. And I also really felt like healing myself was healing our whole family line. 
and all of these things that had been passed down year after year, all of this trauma, you know, generation after generation was, I was, I was getting the opportunity to heal some of that and not to get too deep into it, but they've actually done studies that trauma is passed down in your DNA up to 14, 14 generations. So, (laughs) which is just a whole nother deep dive. That's really incredible, but it's really neat that opportunity. Yeah. I keep talking over you. That speaks to your, you being courageous. I mean, you being willing to deal with that, that, that is amazing because you really are then healing your DNA. I mean, if that's true, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. It it really is incredible. And I think it's neat that I think we all do that in our own way, which Uh I mean, we all want the next generation to be better than us. Right. I think that's, (laughs) I think that's a common thing. And Uh I think that knowing our stories really helps us do that in a, in a much deeper and more intentional and personal way. Oh, okay. You're awesome. I just, we're in the show notes. I'm going to put links to your blog and to your Instagram account and just encourage anyone who's at all interested in, in just, yeah, exploring their own family history and, and learning how to, to record just personal family stories and share that with the people that are around you right now. I want them to follow you and learn from you as well. So so at the end of my little podcast, I have um, a couple questions that I ask you. The first one, I call it people, places, and things. And I want you to just tell my listeners either about a person, a place, or a thing that you are focused on right now. It doesn't have to be related to family history and what we've talked about can be, but what person, place, or thing are you focused on right now? It actually is so family history related, (laughs) but I lately have been so focused on my great grandma and her name is Clara. And I recently this year found a new cousin that I hadn't met through her. And a year ago found out that my best friend and I are actually second cousins through her. (laughs) And so I just feel I've just, for the last few years even have felt this really strong pull to learning more about her and her story. And yeah. I found out such incredible things. And so that's where a lot of my research is focused right now is around her and her family. That's awesome. Okay. So then my final question is, I want you to fill in the blank. I, Sarah Garner have exactly enough time for. I have exactly enough time for creating meaningful connections with my kids. Mm. I think it can get so hard to feel like we get stuck in the day to day and we don't get those times to have meaningful connections, but I've been Mm -hmm. trying to make really intentional choices to connect with each of my kids every day. I love that. Ah, Sarah, thank you so much for coming on the show, for not knowing me and saying you would come on the show. And we're, we're both going to be at Roots Tech in a couple of weeks. So I'm excited to to hopefully meet you there. I would love to. That would be so great. Thank you so much for having me on. You're the best. Okay. Thanks, Sarah. So if you do listen to this episode, um, when it is published within a couple of days, Sarah and I will both be at Roots Tech learning more about family history. So do me a favor and just follow Sarah on Instagram at the kindred. Press, T-H-E-K-I-N-D-R-E-D, press, P-R-E-S-S. You will not regret it. And go hug your family members and sit down together and share some stories. That's what I hope you do. 
I um, am going to come back and share lots of good information I know from Roots Tech. And of course, I'll be here next week with another episode of Exactly Enough Time. Psst. Do you want to hear a little bit more of Zach Gill's song, Family? I do. time.